I always have buffers because I don't want it to be so tight that one meeting that runs over or one podcast that takes me longer than planned screws up my entire day. And it's like a domino effect and everything falls apart. So if you can start to get into the practice of adding a little buffer to your calendar, I promise you, you will not feel so depleted and so tired at the end of the day. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to Online Marketing Made Easy, and thanks so much for joining me here today. Today, we're talking about three things that you should avoid doing to stay on top of your game, because let's be honest. It's that time of year when some of those goals that you set for quarter one or in the new year may be starting to slip, or maybe you are just a bit ambitious in setting your goals and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed and even disorganized. I can't even tell you how many years I've set goals that were so audacious and so overwhelming that by the time I got to quarter two, I was like, I'm not even looking at them. They scare me. They're too much. I piled on way too much in quarter one and I'm like working like a dog to get it all done. And by quarter two, I'm like, I need a break. And then I stop looking at the goals and then I don't look at them all year long. Like this has happened in my past. I am not proud of it, but no more because one thing I did, I did a whole episode on um, some of the goals that I've set. You can go back and listen to that episode. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. But I did this episode on some of the goals I've set. And one of the things that I did, and I learned this from Michael Hyatt through his full focus planner and his goal setting workshop is that you don't want to set a bunch of goals where they all are in quarter one or quarter two. Like you've got to spread them out through the year so that you don't have that quarter one overwhelm. So I learned that the hard way, but I learned it. So anyway, That's one thing that's helped me. But there's a few other things that have helped me along the way so that I stay top of my game. And you know, as an entrepreneur, we got to stay top of our game. We got to stay in it, focused, head down, doing the work, and hopefully enjoying the journey as we go. So with that, I wanted to share a few things with you that I actually avoid doing to stay on top of my game, especially when I start to feel a little burnout. So sure, this episode could be like the three things I do to stay on top of my game, but this with a little twist is things I actually don't do so that I can stay on top of my game. So these things help me stay organized on task and also give me a little bit of time and space to just breathe. What a concept, right? I call it the white space. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. 
That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm gonna keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. So quick question before we get started. Have you shared this podcast with a friend? And if not, could you please do me a favor, grab the link to this episode or grab a link to the show and share it with a friend that's also on their entrepreneurial journey My mission is to use my podcast to help as many entrepreneurs as possible. So I'd be so grateful if you could help me out with that. All right, so let's dive in. The first thing that I avoid doing to stay on top of my game is ending the workday without a plan for the next day. And here's the thing, that plan has got to be on your calendar. So I'm gonna repeat this one. To stay on top of my game, I end the workday with a plan for the next day, and it's actually in my calendar. So what that means is that if I am going to plan for five tasks tomorrow, five things that I'm going to get done tomorrow, like record a podcast, get on a call with my PR team, edit a chapter of my book, like whatever it might be, then I actually have time slots on my calendar for each of those tasks. So together, my executive assistant, Christine, and I will work on this and she'll say, okay, tomorrow you are going to edit a chapter of your book. How long do you think that's going to take you? And through Slack or through Asana, real quickly, I'll respond back to her and say, okay, give me an hour for that. And then she knows to find an hour in my calendar to give me that task. Now, over time, we've worked together for years now. So she knows how long things usually take me. Like if I'm doing a podcast episode, she'll give me an hour per podcast episode. But new things, she's just going to ask me, how long do you think this is going to take you? And then she plans accordingly. So let's say if I have three videos to record as one task, but I've got an hour to do it, then that would just be in one hour chunk, record these three videos. But it has to be on my calendar. So if there's an Asana task assigned to me on Thursday, then there's a specific time slot in my calendar for Thursday with that task. I know this might seem like overkill to some, but it changed my life. And I'm actually not even being dramatic. This changed my life, knowing that every task I'm committing to today actually is on my calendar. And the reason I started to do that is have you ever sat down and wrote down a list of all the things you're gonna get done that day and then you get done like half of them? And if you really looked at that list, you'd realize I never had the time to do all of these. There weren't enough hours in the day to get all of this stuff done. 
And I was sick of feeling defeated every day that like I had a list of 10 things and only five of them got done. And I felt like a loser at the end of the day. Now, using my full focus planner, shout out to Hyatt Co. You guys all know how much I love my full focus planner. That helped immensely. But this idea of planning my tasks and then putting them into my calendar in time slots, ooh, chef's kiss. I mean, it was just perfect. So I highly recommend you do that. And a little side note, every week I meet with my executive assistant for about 45 minutes, and that is a great time for her to come to me and say, okay, I'm looking at some of the things you need to do next week. Let's talk about how long you think roughly things are going to take you so she can knock out a bunch of that on our call as well. Okay. And one more side note, I did an episode, it was episode 433, and it's called How to Create an Ideal Week for Optimal Focus productivity, and well-being. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 433, that's an episode that might help you create your ideal week. And then it lends itself well to knowing the tasks you want to work on each day throughout the week. So just a side note, an extra episode that might help you. So let's get back to it. Once I have my daily tasks on my calendar and everything is set for the week, I always make sure to look at my calendar the day before. I'm never surprised in the morning about what's to come. So when I'm shutting things down at let's say 5 or 6 p.m., I take time to look at tomorrow's calendar and make sure that I'm very clear about how the day is going to go. And if I have any questions, I'll ask Christine. If anything kind of isn't sitting well, I'll figure it out in advance because I love to hit the ground running in the morning. And so taking a little time before I shut it down helps me immensely. So the biggest takeaway here is when you fiercely manage your calendar or have someone to help you manage your calendar for you, you win the day. And when I'm done at the end of the day, I feel very accomplished. And that hasn't always been the case. So if you're ending your workday feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, overworked, uh, just mad that you didn't get the stuff done, try what I just laid out for you here. You have to be really diligent and intentional, but you will win the day. I promise you that. Next up, number two, avoid a complex morning routine. So I've talked about morning routines on the podcast before, and I think they're really, really important. Where I got off my game is when I tried to make my morning routine like 10 different things. And although I am a morning person, I don't like waking up and having like a checklist of 10 things I have to do every morning and then boom, I'm right into work. So I've realized for me, and you have to kind of understand what works best for you, I do like easing into the morning because once around 8.30 hits, I'm like game on till six. And so it is because I work a four-day work week, those days are packed. So I love the idea of a slow morning. So here's what I do. I wake up at 5.30 every morning and one of the best habits I have been able to break or one of the habits I've been able to break, not the best habit, one of the habits I've been able to break is hitting the snooze button. I learned that from Mel Robbins and she teaches this in her book, but also I'm in this really fun group challenge she's doing right now. And one of the things you can't do for 63 days is hit that snooze button. And that has been life-changing for me because I feel really good that I just get up and I get at it. So 5.30 rolls around, I jump out of bed, I say a little prayer, and then I go out into the living room, Hobie's still sleeping, 
and I make a cup of coffee. These days it's mud water because I have given up coffee because of my anxiety. So if you've heard of mud water, it's like one seventh of the caffeine and it tastes pretty good, although the name doesn't sound so great, right? And so I have my mud water. I sit on the couch with Scout and I do some journaling. And then although people say you shouldn't do this, I scroll through social media for like 10 minutes max. I don't let myself stay there too long. I like to look at the news, like to look at Instagram, just kind of see what's going on. Again, I am just easing into my morning. And then from there, I work out. So I do at least 30 minutes of moving my body every day, whether it be weights or on my Peloton tread, or if it's not too cold outside, taking Scouty for a walk. But these days, I'm not doing that. Hobie does it a little later in the afternoon. So I get my workout in. And then I come back, I have a little time with Hobie in the morning, because by then he's up, we have one more cup of coffee together. And then from there, I get in the shower, I get ready, I eat my breakfast, I take my supplements, and boom, I'm ready for work. Now, that might sound like a lot to you, I doubt it. But some other people have like 10 other things that they do. And I just noticed that I just wasn't doing them. And then I just screw up my whole morning. And can you imagine if, if you can't get to your morning routine list of things you want to do, if every morning you're not hitting all the things you want to do, by 8.30, you're already feeling like you're failing. And I just want nothing to do with that. So I like this idea of an easy morning because I know come 8.30, I am like head down, full force, working on all the things till usually around 6 p.m. I mean, I always take a lunch break, but you know what I mean? I'm just like in it. So that feeling of just easing into my morning helps immensely. One thing I'll tell you is I used to, because I am such a morning person, I used to get up and work like for the first hour from like 5.30 to 7, hour and a half. I do some kind of work, usually what I didn't get done the day before, and I try to make up for it. And then I'd start my morning and it was just a yucky way to start your morning. Now, I wrote my book in the morning very early, but I'm not writing my book right now. We're in editing, so I don't need to wake up and do that. So that was the only thing that that did work for me, writing it in the morning. But other than that, I don't want to do other work in the morning. I'd like to just say I start work around 8.30. I'm good to go. So a little morning routine allows me to have a great day. An intense morning routine does not. And so I avoid an intense morning routine. I don't want to feel rushed. I don't want to feel forced. I don't want to feel like I have to work before it's even 8.30. So that's helped me immensely. All right. Number three, don't pack your day so tight that you literally can't breathe. Now, I mentioned that I have a full day, like head down 8.30 to 6 p.m. I do have a lunch break in there. But what I didn't tell you yet is I also have buffers in my calendar. You'll see like 30 minute or one hour chunks of time with literally the name buffer on them. That means that in between meetings, in between Facebook Lives, in between trainings I do, in between recording podcasts, my EA will give me a 30-minute buffer where I have a minute to breathe, go cuddle with Scout, go take a pee, go take a quick walk, talk to Hobie, whatever it might be. Because I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when you work from home and there's other people in your house that are home while you're working... And they'll come in and they'll want to talk to you. And if you're anything like me, you've had moments where you're like, I can't talk right now. I'll, I'll come down later. I, I, I can't do this right now. I'm trying to record a podcast or I, this is my famous one with Hobie. I got to get, go live in 10 minutes. What is it? Talk fast. 
I mean, that's not the best experience, right? We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. So when I have these buffers, I can always in a calm voice say to Hobie, if he happened to come upstairs, like, Hey babe, I have a break in one hour. So I'll come down and find you. And then we can chat. And that feels good. But if I'm like rushing him to say something to me, because I got to get back to my work, he, that annoys him, which I get it. It would annoy me too. So the buffers help me be present for my family at home when I need to be, but also just give me a little bit of breather because you know what it feels like to go into a meeting, then record a podcast and then start editing something and then go rush into another meeting. And you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't gone pee for five hours and I'm starving. And so I always have in my calendar a lunch break, at least for 30 minutes. And I always have buffers because I don't want it to be so tight that one meeting that runs over or one podcast that takes me longer than planned screws up my entire day. And it's like a domino effect and everything falls apart. So if you can start to get into the practice of adding a little buffer to your calendar, I promise you, you will not feel so depleted and so tired at the end of the day. All right. So that's my shorty episode for you today. Three ways that I stay in the game. And just to give you a quick, really quick refresher. The first one is that I always end my day by planning the next day. And all of my tasks are in my calendar in time chunks. I also avoid a complex morning routine and I ease into my morning because I know my day is going to be pretty solid and I don't pack my day so tight that I literally cannot breathe. And those are three things that help me stay in my game and get a lot done throughout the day, throughout the months, throughout the quarters and throughout the year. So thanks so much for hanging out with me today. And if you loved any of these or have any of your own that you want to share with me, jump on Instagram, send me a DM or post about it. Tag me. I'd love to know some of the things that you avoid or some of the things you do to stay top of your game. I genuinely would love to hear from you. And also, if you know someone who would enjoy this podcast episode, please grab the link and share it with them. I'd be so forever grateful. All right, I've got more entrepreneurial goodness coming your way, same time, same place on Thursday. So I'll see you then.